What is going on? Episode 54 of the Media Captain Podcast. Jason Parks here, riding solo again. All right, we are going to dive right into it. 11 marketing items of the past week. The date of this recording is September 25th, 2021, which is obviously important based off of the relevancy of all the topics that I will be going over today. Uh, if you are new to the podcast, just a general overview. Uh, in running a digital marketing agency, The Media Captain, we work with 100 plus businesses from designing their websites to doing their digital marketing. Uh, so we see a lot of uh, shit each week. Um, some really good, some not so good, but we're always making adjustments. It's fascinating just uh, having oversight of all of these businesses and the tactics that they're using um, to populate high on search engines, get more leads from PPC, Google Shopping, um, social media, all of that sort of stuff. Also. Uh, I am the co-owner of Derm Warehouse, an e-commerce skincare company that sells skincare and beauty products. So we have over 250,000 customers on the e-commerce side. So I have a really good grasp on e-commerce, B2B, B2C, and just marketing in general. So I love going through items that I find relevant each week. This can be whether what's happening inside of our agency or what, or just news that I'm reading that I find to be interesting. So let's dive into the 11 marketing items. Uh, this past week, Toast had their IPO, their initial public offering. Um, Toast, of course, is the point of sale software for restaurants um, that in restaurant owners are the, the main ones that use Toast. Uh, so between credit card transactions, reporting, inventory, Restaurant owners that I know tell me how much it has transformed their business. Uh, so Toast had their IPO this past week. It was slated to go public at $30 to $33 per share, valuing the company at $16 billion. Uh, when this got publicly listed, you could not buy shares at $30 to $33. It instantly went up to, I think 62 was the high that it went up to. So essentially doubling right after uh, it got listed. Um, it's gone down about 10 to 15% after that, closing around like $55 a share um, on Friday, September 24th. But this is very interesting. Um, for me, I love companies when business owners that I talk to are brand advocates of the business. That's definitely the case with Toast. We have restaurant clients, I know restaurant owners, and they swear by it. They talk about how much it's transformed their business. Uh, the way I talk about Monday.com, which I absolutely love as a project management software for our agency, um, they talk the same way about Toast. So. You know, I am not recommending any stocks just because I'm not a stock trader by any means. I don't uh, know the you know the fine details like the earnings per share and all of those items. It's it, it's not stock trading. Obviously, is not my profession, but I do love when these technology companies get uh, publicly listed just to follow the the progress. So the the one thing with Toast is that. Um, it's tough because it is a, for, for the restaurant industry, and I heard Jim Cramer say this on CNBC, but, uh, and he owns a restaurant, but the, the restaurant industry is just trying to survive right now. So in order, in terms of like ordering a new point of sale system, that might be more of an upfront cost. I don't know if they're doing it right now, but what I do know is the restaurant owners that I talk to absolutely love it. So it will be interesting to keep a close eye on um, toast. All right, moving onward, uh, after ship. Um, this is a software that we recently started using for Derm Warehouse. Again, the name of the software is Aftership. So if you're in e-commerce, pay close attention to this. This helps us track and gather information between when we ship products and when they are delivered. 
let's say there's a delay on USPS's behalf, rather than having to log into the USPS website to hunt down the issue, Aftership provides transparency in one centralized platform. Uh, so to summarize, Aftership helps you get insightful tracking data in one place to resolve delivery incidents faster. Stephanie is loving Aftership thus far. Um, it's improving the customer service process for Durham Warehouse. Uh, you know, when something ships and gets lost by USPS, let's say, um, that's, that's out of our control. Uh, but yet the customer does not realize that. So they call in and they ask for a status on it. We don't necessarily know that there's an issue unless we hear from the customer and then would have to log into USPS to hunt down that, that specific issue. So Aftership provides it in one centralized uh, software or in one centralized platform. This isn't only for USPS, this is for other carriers also. Um, so if you're in e-commerce, this is a time saver. Like I just know from our customer service reps at Durham Warehouse, they are spending a lot less time now answering calls um, and, and doing the research for this just because they have Aftership. Again, I love recommending new technologies and Aftership is definitely one of those. All right, Durham Warehouse, moving on, sticking on the Durham Warehouse theme. So we are starting a subscription service. Uh, we're very excited about this. So what, and I wanna walk you through our thought process behind this because obviously subscription services, it's recurring business and um, everybody would love to have this, but it's really hard to, to pull off. There's high churn rate. Um, so you just have to make sure it's the right fit for your business. A lot of people, they try to do a subscription service like off the bat where, um, and I'm just giving an example, let's say I'm a big sports card fan and each month I would get a new pack of cards that would be sent to me by Tops, right? Um, okay, I'm excited for that each month and in turn I'm giving Tops my credit card to just run this each month, which is great for them because they're making money off of me each month. So a lot of a lot of uh, entrepreneurs try to go into the subscription service just based off of the fact that it is recurring revenue, but it's really hard and there's a high churn rate. Durham Warehouse, completely different. Um, we just sell obviously individual products from brands like Obagi and Skin Medica and Glytone. So People love these products, and what we've realized over the years is that people love getting samples. So the brands provide us with samples of their skincare products because um, when somebody tries a new product, if they like it, they'll be likely to purchase it. Um, so the subscription box is going to allow for us to get uh, new products into, into customers' hands. So what we've done is we've reached out to our brands. We They obviously, uh, know our size. I mean, in terms of a dermatologist-owned skincare company, we're one of the largest ones. So um, they know that we have a lot of customers and it's great marketing opportunity for them. So they are going to be sending us sample sizes of different products, which is no cost to us. And we're going to be able to um, include this in a subscription box. Uh, and obviously the goal for the brand is that, like I said, just with the samples, when people try the product, they're going to love it. They're going to order it. Um, so this is rolling out very soon. We're really excited about this. We'll keep you more up to date. Um, we'll do a much deeper dive into this when Stephanie's back, um, recording with me, but yeah, we're excited about launching that. And if you have an e-commerce business that has, um, loyal customers that already repeat their orders. Uh, there's just opportunity for this. All right, moving on to item three. And again, each week I go through, um, and I'm sorry, this is item number four. I go through 11 different uh, marketing items. So this is item number four. 
So I'm a big hockey fan, and the NHL recently had their media day in Chicago. So this is where the biggest stars um, from around the league come to Chicago for two days for media promotion. Uh, this two-day event gives the NHL so much content to promote across their digital and traditional channels for the upcoming season. So when you think about it, the NHL rents out uh, this floor in Chicago, right? They have cameras set up, they have a room to record YouTube video and podcasts, and they have the one or two biggest stars from each team come to Chicago and just go from room to room recording content, right? Um, which is so awesome because it got me thinking about businesses and how many struggle to create great content. So my recommendation is take a page out of the NHL's playbook and dedicate one full day to creating content. Um, you have to prepare for this. So, you know, prepare for the one day shoot based off of what are the videos I'm gonna record? What are the podcasts? Um, am I gonna write article content that day? Uh, but just dedicate that one day to content creation and you can then distribute this content on your blog and your social media channels. So. So many people come to us for social media marketing and they have no content. And so we have to, we're like, hey, before we start promoting posts and running advertising campaigns and things along those lines, we need to have great creative. And it holds back to, you know, and that, that just goes back to what I'm talking about here. Spend the time to come up with content. All right, so um, if you wanna learn more about search engine optimization, I wrote a blog on the 40 top SEOs to follow on Twitter. Uh, so that is within each of these podcasts in the, um, you know, in the, I don't know what you call it, the description or the footnotes, um, I provide, uh, all of this information so you can click on the hyperlinks and whatnot. But, um, so yeah, I wrote a blog on the 40 top SEOs to follow on Twitter. When people ask me when they're like, Jason, how do you learn about SEO? How do you stay abreast on what's happening? I do not read books on SEO because you can't. It changes so damn fast. So I have a list of, uh, I've, I've cultivated a list of SEOs to follow and um, I put it into a blog post. The beauty about this is that SEO is different, right? Like for, there's different areas of SEO. There's local SEO, which is Google My Business, Google Maps. There's, um, there's, uh, content creation for SEO in terms of coming up with great content and, and blog topics and things along those lines. There's there's technical SEO, there's Google penalties. So there's so many areas to SEO. And what I did in this blog is I broke down the top SEOs based off of uh, their specific niche. All right, I love this tweet from Christine Johnson. And uh, I'm just gonna read this. And it, it's on the importance of following up. If someone isn't ready to buy from you, you should still be ready to market to them. Focus on building a relationship and staying top of mind. So this holds true to our agency in terms of our sales process. And again, just, you know, the format of this podcast is I just, if there's a tweet that I like, if there's an idea that I see, if there's something I'm seeing with our agency, I'm going to share it. So I just absolutely love this tweet because it related to our agency. And when someone contacts our agency, it takes an average of seven follow-ups to close a sale. So this is not like, I'm not even talking a, a cold call. I'm just talking when somebody reaches out to us because they are interested in SEO or social media services, it takes us an average of seven follow-ups to close a sale. And it makes sense. We're informing them on our process, our stakeholders, um, the timelines, deliverables, and, and strategy, and, and, and a lot more. 
So rather than focus on closing the sale, we focus on educating and for in, informing the prospective client where we can help them succeed. So like Christine said, persistency in your follow-up is an underrated skill set and don't be focused on selling to your customers, focus on informing your customers and that makes a big difference <clears throat> overall. Moving on, what item am I on now? Nine, 10, I should, I need to just write out the, the, the number there, but okay, I think I'm on number seven here. Towards the end of the summer, Quinn Ewers, the top rated quarterback recruit in the country, decided to enroll early at Ohio State. So one of the main reasons he did this was so he can make money off of NIL. If you are unfamiliar with NIL, that is name, image, and likeness. So shortly, and, and by the way, NIL was just um, rolled out at Division One, like over the summer. So shortly after announcing his enrollment, Quinn Ewers signed a $1.4 million deal with an autograph memorabilia company, um, which is just crazy. The kid is... Uh, is 17, 18 years old. So NIL is changing the college football landscape. Um, and it's really interesting to me to look at this from a marketing perspective. So being based in Columbus, okay, Ohio State is here, which is like, you know, the mecca of college football outside of maybe Tuscaloosa, Alabama and Baton Rouge, you know, a couple of other places, but Columbus is a top five college football market. So what I'm, NIL now, name, image, likeness, in my opinion, Columbus, the Buckeyes really benefit off of this because they are in a larger city, Columbus. So Columbus is larger than Tuscaloosa. It's larger than um, Baton Rouge. So there's more businesses. Uh, so when you're a top play, like when you're the top recruit overall, like a Quinn Ewers is, you might get national advertisements. But then there's a lot of 95% of the players, maybe more, 97, 98, they're going to rely on local businesses for those advertisements. And an automotive dealer here in Columbus, Rikert Automotive, they are killing it. They are doing a great job. Um, you know, they're giving cars away to these players in order to promote the Rikert brand. And they're picking the players very strategically. So... Yeah, name image likeness is um, very interesting, like I said, from a local business perspective, from a national business perspective. And if you're not aware of it, you should definitely start following it because it's going to change the landscape, not only of college football, but also of marketing. Moving on to another SEO item. So changing your title tags and meta descriptions across your website is low hanging fruit that can lead to a nice uptick in SEO rankings. So let me repeat that again, your title tags and meta descriptions. Um, those are on, you actually don't see the title tag and meta description anywhere on your web page. Uh, it's on the back end. So if you're in WordPress, there will be a section that says, what do you want your title tag to be? What do you want your meta description to be? Um, the title tag is one of the most important SEO elements. Um, and even though Google has recently announced that they're dynamically going to pull in title tags from the page of your site, the at what you actually input to the title tag is makes a big difference. Um, so this past Friday, we had a client email us the following. I wanted to let you know that we are officially on the front page for anything involving ketamine in our local market after your team updated the titles and descriptions. That is a huge win for us. Thank you. So that was a client reaching out to us. They were happy with the results that we were seeing because one of the first things that we do when we take on a new client is we do a full scale title tag and meta description audit and we then update that so 
it's properly optimized. So again, if you're looking for a place to start with SEO, um, I would definitely start with title tag and meta descriptions. And right after that, well, there's a lot of places you can start. So I don't want to say start with title tag and meta descriptions because you have to make sure you have a good foundation um, in terms of your hierarchy and URL structure. But the title tag and meta descriptions are definitely a good place to start once you know you have that foundation in place. And if you need any help with search engine optimization, even if you just want to schedule a phone call to go over high level strategy, we can do that here at the Media Captain um, and we'd be more than happy to uh, help. All right, so if you listened to the podcast last week, you I told you that I was in Kansas City two weekends ago for the Browns versus Chiefs game, which was a tough loss for the Brownies. Um, when I was there, I visited the Negro League Baseball Museum. So I went with my wife and her dad, uh, and her dad's a huge baseball fan. Um, so, you know, we thought that would be a fun thing to do in Kansas City. I've been to, this is like random and weird, I've been to every pro sports, major pro sports Hall of Fame. I've been to the uh, NFL Hall of Fame in Canton. I've been to the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. I've been to the NHL Hall of Fame in Toronto. And I've been to the uh, NBA Hall of Fame in Springfield, Massachusetts. So random interesting fact about me. So the Negro League Baseball, and this is not a Hall of Fame, it's a museum, I should state that. But the Negro League Baseball Museum paled in comparison to those other Hall of Fames. But what made it so special was that the president of the Hall of Fame, his name was Bob Kendrick, uh, he gave a personal tour. And so we just happened to be at the right place at the right time and we lucked out. Bob was one of the best storytellers I have ever met in my life. Um, Everyone in attendance was raving about their experience. You know, we were hearing these stories of Satchel Paige and Larry Doby and Jackie Robinson, who if you don't know are pioneers to baseball, but were obviously, you know, they they started in the Negro League. in the Negro Leagues. And this got me thinking to, uh, this got me thinking about the importance of storytelling. So whether it's your website or social media channels, when you tell a good story, it makes for a more personal connection and a big difference. Um, So again, was the Negro League baseball museum, if I went there and just walked around, would would I have said it was great? Um, I think I would have liked it, but I don't think I would have been raving about it. I left there and I told so many people about my experience and that was all because of Bob's storytelling. So it shows you that for your website, for your social media, you need to tell good stories. All right, moving on, there's two more bullet points I have to go through, so I'm on bullet point 10. So the media captain drastically, I wanted to, again, I love telling you about like software and technology that we use, so we drastically improved our process for proposal creations. Um, We use a software called Proposify. Again, the software name is Proposify and it is freaking amazing. Um, I absolutely love it and I'll tell you why. So in the past, we would create a proposal through DocuSign. That proposal was not visually engaging. It was very text heavy um, and that meant that we had to, when we were going through the sales process with clients, we would have to build a PowerPoint deck and present it in a visually compelling manner, and then go through DocuSign to review the fine contracts, uh, the fine details of the contract. So there were two steps. There was PowerPoint, there was DocuSign, okay? And then I got introduced to Proposify and it made everything centralized. It's a visually appealing layout for contracts and proposals. That's how I would summarize it. I would recommend it to any business, um, all electronic where the documents can be signed. And that is what it, it has a huge edge on DocuSign just because, um, 
you can really make great designs and you can make pricing tables and show off images and, and things along those lines. So um, yeah, that is Proposify. All right. Um, yeah, just a reminder, uh, each week we send off an email blast with uh, that covers all of these topics. Um, it's just another way to uh, uh, another way to gather the information that I'm going over. I would say the main difference with the email blast is that you can click on all of the hyperlinks. There's probably 20 or 30 hyperlinks when I'm talking about all of these different softwares, technologies, and ideas. Um, and uh, the podcast, of course, I'm just expanding on it. Uh, I'm telling you random ass things like I've been to every Pro Sports Hall of Fame. So that is going to do it for this episode. If you like what you heard, uh, whether you leave a review or share this with a friend, it would be greatly appreciated. But that is going to do it for this week's podcast episode. Have a great one, everyone.